Welcome to, welcome back to ROAR, uh, the conversation all about our Redeemer. Um, ROAR stands for Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer, and uh, I'm super excited that you guys are tuning in and listening today. Um, Just got a few thoughts, a few little verses. Um, Well, not little, but, you know, every verse carries like galactic weight when you're reading the the Word of God, but I got a few verses I want to read and uh, maybe talk about a little bit. I hope you guys are having a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this. If you're working out, get them reps in. If you're just walking, I hope you just have good steps. I don't know. I hope you're, hope you're doing great, whatever you're doing. Um, thanks again. Um, this is, this is a really cool scripture. There's a, it's, it's really awesome when, when we read the word, it's not just again, the, the words on the page, but it's who we're communicating with through their message, their conversation to us. Um, so I want to read <clears throat> Matthew 15. He talks, well, Jesus is dealing with um, some Pharisees here. And uh, I'll just start at the beginning of verse 1, and I'm kind of going to run into, hopefully lead into the scripture I want to get to, but we'll see how far we get. Um, it says this, Then scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples violate the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Verse 3. But then he answered them, you know, back to them. Why do you also violate the commandment of God by your traditions? So this response, I think it's important that, again, the more we catch the word and who we're talking to, the more we realize Jesus isn't just trying to stick it to the man here. You know, he's not just responding back. This isn't just some you know, a little quip, sarcastic remark to the Pharisees. Jesus died on the cross for the same Pharisees that, you know, we might think he's just, you know, given a little, you know, jab or passive aggressive comment to in that. He's not. You know, he completely loves them and cares for them. He lays his life down for them. And I think even in our own discussions, you know, if we're going to make some sort of, you know, maybe corrective statement or, you know, what could be perceived as a barbed comment, um, we better make sure we're willing to climb on the cross, take their guilt, their shame, you know, just the same way. Like if, if you're going to make that kind of a, of a statement from a place that, you know, it's completely justified, well, if you're willing to lay down your life 100% and take the blame, take their guilt, their accusation, what they did wrong, and, and really lay your life down, then maybe you got a little bit of ground to stand on to address real, real strongly. Um, but I do want to encourage you, there's one judge, and it's not you, it's not me, it's Jesus. So <laughs> us coming into comments without that passive-aggressive tone, it's important we understand, number one, if anyone has a right to that tone, it's Christ. But number two, he's not coming from that place. Again, the more we read Scripture, the more we understand who he is, who love really is, that love is willing to protect. See, the reason Jesus is making this statement, too, in a lot of ways, again, I wasn't in his mind. I'm not going to completely say this is exactly, but I do perceive this. I perceive that Jesus is coming from a place, from what I understand from Scripture, he's coming from a loving place. He's not coming from this place of just trying to set him right, but it's 
I want you to understand truth so that way you don't walk in deception any longer. See, the Pharisees were deceived in a lot of ways. There was deception. There was things that they were yielding to and and words and thoughts that they they weren't even aware they were deceived. And yet Jesus making this comment is is in the, the hopes that they would see, you know, man, through humility, obviously, it would take them humbling themselves, but through humility, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe... Maybe my heart and why I'm doing this was 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 needed some you know a little bit of change here. So, verse four: For God commanded, honor your father and mother. So now He brings it back not just to any you know law, but He brings it back to the original, the Ten Commandments. And he says, honor your father and mother. Verse thirty-eight: And he, excuse me, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. Verse thirty-nine: But you say, whoever shall say to his father this is wild, or to his mother, what should you have profited, excuse me, what would you have profited from me is a gift to God, okay? Will be free from honoring his father and mother or his father or his mother, so you have made the commandment of God to no effect by your tradition. Now, I'm going to try to clean that up a little bit. Obviously, when I was reading, I kind of stuttered a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll go through it here. Whoever says to his father or mother, what you would have provided me or provided from me, you know, what you would have gotten from me. So he's, he's talking about this commandment that in the, at the time the, the people were encouraged, well, instead of giving that money to support your parents, if you give it to the church, you're giving it to God. So it's okay to do, you're not actually violating the law of honoring your father or mother, which is not the case. You know, God works by authority. God gave you a father and mother. He chose what family you were born into. So honoring them is is uh, it's the first commandment with promise, and it definitely holds a lot of weight. If you want a long life, honor your father and mother, you know, and 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 using God as now an excuse. Oh well, I'm just giving it to the Lord. What about the person that gave all their time to you that had authority, which was given from God? You know, the Bible talks about kings being placed over people, and that God uses that authority that. You know, the authority of, of a father and a mother is just as much God God's influence as a king would be or any other ruler would be. So honoring that, you know, Jesus talked about paying your taxes. You know, the, these things that typically people can try to wiggle their way out of because, oh, well, that's not fair. That's not, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for God or whatever the excuse is. Again, not just doing it for the Lord, but just whatever. It's important that we allow the truth of honoring the authority that God's placed in our lives. That has to stand. That's biblical. It's, in fact, from before the law even existed, the reason that God chose Abraham was because he would keep his house in the ways of the Lord. In other words, there was an honor structure in that home. They honored the leader. They honored the the one who came first. That wasn't a bad thing. It's not a it's not a restriction. Like so often the enemy tries to teach us, well, you're, you're just being restricted to help God because you're having to pay for your, your parents to, to live or take care of them or pay their medical bills or whatever. No, you're honoring the person who literally God chose to bring you into the earth through. It's not a, a loss or you taking a, something being taken away from you. If that's the view that, that you've been given or see, that view is a very self-righteous view. It's a very self-centered view. It's not... Look at the person who gave themselves that stayed up when you cried as a toddler and couldn't even feed yourself, the one who fed you, took care of you to whatever degree they did. You know, they they deserve at least honor. 
because that was the family that God chose to bring you into. And again, every family dynamic's different. Not every parent's perfect, obviously. Um, I'm not saying the perf- the parent is perfect, but just because they're not perfect doesn't mean they don't deserve honor and respect. You know, that's it's honor is given. It's it's a way that I mean, God. I mean, think about this. You talk about faith or honor. God chose to put His Son down, and He honors His Son. But now He honors us through His Son. You know, while we were yet His enemy, He sent through love. So if that's the example, even if your parents might be your enemy or perceived enemy or like literally have done you wrong, that doesn't negate the fact that Jesus said, love your enemy, do good to those who harm you, spitefully use you. Those scriptures still apply, especially when it comes to the person and the authority figure that God said, honor them. You know, that that reality stands the, it stands the test of time and it's not, again, it's not just about the behavior of the person. It's about the position that God's placed them in. And so that's what he's talking about here. They're trying to worm their way out of honoring that, but why are they trying to worm their way out? Well, he says this in verse eight, excuse me, verse seven, you hypocrites, Isaiah prophesied of you. So there was a prophecy about this kind of behavior and why it happens. Why did people try to worm their way out of honoring the authority in their life? Why does that happen? It says, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines and the precepts of men. In other words, everything is viewed through the mind. It's viewed through the the, the mental space. It's, It's taken in the heart that is the heartbeat of our Father, which is that of a heart of love, of selflessness. That selflessness does not reside in their heart. That's why you can draw near with just your lips or your mouth or your words because you know the proper words to say. You've been in church or you've heard teaching or you know what to pray or you've you've read the book or you you know what to do, but your heart's not in it. You're, you actually don't want to do it. You don't have the desire to honor them because their place, their authority has not been seen as a positive thing. It's been seen as a negative thing. That's, again, why the the culture today is so it's so important that we allow honor and love and faith and truth to dictate where our heart goes because the more we live in a dishonorable culture in other words there's there's lawlessness there's no honor there's no absolute authority no matter what the person does that's the position they stand that's why the military does things the way they do it you know you might not agree with your superior officer, but you're going to respect them because they're in superior. They're, they're superior to you. Well, they're a person too, yeah, but they're in a place, a position of authority that's above yours, that's over you, and that deserves honor. That position deserves honor, whether you agree with their opinion, whether you agree with what they said or not said. Like in the military, it would all fall apart. You wouldn't have any order. See, that's understanding that relational and positional authority can work together. And in fact, in the home is where that's dictated first. Your parents are are positionally over you. They brought you into this world. Naturally speaking, they were the vessels by which you you came into the earth. And they're also the the authority first. Your first ever um, experience with authorities is how you view, is your parents. You know, there's there's the loving, nurturing, fun side of of your parents, but there's also the very real. You know. This is what we're doing in this house. This is not what we're doing. This is why we do it. This is not. Those things coexist. They work together. And it's the same thing with our father. But if it's just about the rules, 
saying the right thing, doing the right thing, and your heart's not really in it, then it's wrong. Or if you just think, oh, well, my heart's in it, it's fine, it doesn't matter what I do, and there's no structure, there's no honor, there's no authority, that's also wrong. But there's a balance that comes, and see, that's what Jesus is addressing here. He's talking about honoring your father. Like, why does honoring your father and mother carry so much weight? Because it carries both of these truths and both of those ditches in culture and society, whether it's complete lawlessness or complete um, just basically law only, no love, no relationship. Both of those things can be dictated and have, you know, your how you choose to see your parents and honor your parents has a heavy um it's like it has a heavy, it's a deciding factor in a lot of ways. It's not the only factor, but it has a lot of weight in that decision. So no wonder he's very clear to bring up this specific issue. He could have picked up any of the other laws or things that maybe were just not from the right place, but he chose the honor mother because again, it's about the authority flow. It's about loving authority. It's about having authority that loves you. It's about working with the relationship of your father and mother and caring about them, but also honoring the position they stand in and what they've done and their actions. And, you know, all of like bringing all of these things into a full picture eliminates that drawing near with just your mouth where you're not just manipulating. Because if you're just drawing near with your mouth, you're in a place of self-righteousness. If it's just your words, you know, you honor with your mouth or your lips, but your heart's not in it, you're just manipulating people. If you don't genuinely care about the person, just don't open your mouth. If it's not worth saying, you know, if you don't, it's like uh, some people would say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. You know, it's kind of that, that train of thought. You can be correct theologically. You can be correct, you know, in your point um, that you're trying to get across. But if your heart's not in it, it's just a point. It's just words. But see, it's whenever your heart, that faith, that love connects with your words, that's when power is released. That's when something happens, something changes. Um, and working together with those things, starting at the very foundational first experience being your father and your mother. Um, it's definitely a uh, a fun outer working. Um, it's definitely something we're all graced to do. And it's something that Jesus, again, he thought it was worthy to bring up because he talks about the heart being far from. Our heart is so important, how we steward our heart, how we allow or don't allow. You know, it's something we all have have a choice to make. You know, what are we going to feed on? Are we going to feed on bitterness, offense? Are we going to feed on the word of God? Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit? And I, I do want to say this too. If if your home dynamic, again, talking about honoring father and mother, if, if you growing up, your home dynamic was just very unhealthy, um, you know, I understand that that's a real thing and there are things we have to do. Um, as people growing up, you know, the decisions that people make. I mean, I'm not saying there's never love protects love. You know, the kingdom of heaven has walls and boundaries um, that protect. So I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. But the heart posture of honor and of love and of care and compassion, um, at the very least, not just for what that person's done, because none of us are rated by what we've done. We're rated by what Christ has done. And if Christ died for that person, they deserve at least love. They deserve at least turning the other cheek. They at least deserve no judgment. You know, um, honoring your father and mother means not judging your father and mother um, from a place of self-righteousness. doesn't mean the fruit. The Bible says judge fruit. If you see something that's wrong in a life and you're like, I don't agree with that, that's fair. But the person being their judge on whether they're right or they're wrong or they're, 
you know, especially if they're, again, in that position that has been slotted by God, that is an overseeing position, that is a leadership position to look, you know, it's like not like, for instance, I can sit and I can bash the president of the United States. I can complain about every person in Congress, but I'm not sitting in Congress. I don't have a law degree. I don't understand half the words that they go through. I'm not in a place that I should, you know, that my opinion really carries any weight. Yes, I can vote and I can do my due diligence to understand stuff in America, but as far as my words of complaining and me judging whether or not they're good or they're bad, I can judge the fruit of what they're doing. I don't agree with this. I agree with that, whatever. And then I can cast my vote based on fruit that I see. But as far as that person being a good person, bad person, you know, I'm not in their life. I don't even know them personally. Who am I to tell them whether they're good or bad? But see, even social media creates this um, platform because it's literally what's called where now I can stand and give my opinion as if I'm their judge and jury. They're going to stand before Jesus. They're not going to stand before me at the end of their life. Same thing with my parents. Is there fruit maybe that I can see or that I agree with or disagree with? Siblings agree with, disagree with, whatever. Yes, there are things that I have a responsibility to guard my heart and be true to the my conscience and what I know and what God's revealed to me. Absolutely the case. But me being true to that doesn't mean I'm in a place of authority to judge that person or come over them or, or condemn them based on their actions. So especially learning that allows my heart then to be close to that person, even though there might be a disagreement, but because my heart is not one of judgment or of self-righteousness against that person, then I can draw near. It's the same thing with the fear of the Lord. Why does the fear of the Lord work? Because I know I'm not going to stand before God and tell him what he did wrong, but I can draw near to him because I understand the authority flow. I understand that all authority stems from him and the authority that goes through, whether it be kings or rulers, whether it be my parents, whether it be the my boss, who whatever authority figure I'm, I am in relationship with or working with or dealing with, I can draw near to them and with a heart of love, compassion, tenderness, because I know, you know, just as I'm a person under authority, they're ultimately underneath an authority that's over them. So it's not my place to, to deal with them. It's the authority that's over them, them's place. So that means I'm covered. I'm protected. If I make a decision or I make a mistake, you know, that authority flow, it's, it's something that we can understand and it's something that's valuable. And again, it goes back to the family. How do we understand, you know, the first instance of authorities with your father and mother? So that's why Jesus brings up this point. And again, I'm kind of being um, repetitive in my words here because I really believe this is something, this um, this in and of itself is a, a very true dynamic um, I believe to life because again, it's not just applicable to to just one situation. It's an authority flow. It's understanding authority in a way where you can have a loving, compassionate heart, and you're not just again about right or wrong or just doing what I want to do. But it's now about the position. It's about the honor. It's about truth. It's about love winning. It's about the ways of God. It's about holding the ground and protecting my own heart, but also protecting theirs and protecting the hearts of others and understanding all of these things feed one another. But again, it, it begins with, you know, just not giving ear candy with my words, but genuinely putting thought, being um, as, as wise as the word talks about, understanding authority, understanding the heart 
of my, you know, my own heart, which is revealed to me through time with the word, time with the Holy Spirit. All of these things come back where then the commandments and the ways of God, if you want to, the, the ways of God, the commandments, then become empowerment because my heart's postured right. I'm in a place of humility. I'm in a place of submission to the authorities that I know I have in my life. And because of that, I'm protected. And all of the authorities, whether whatever they are, they're all subject to the Lord. So I know that, you know, the Lord will deal with them. You know, you read the scripture where Michael was dealing, it says he saw Satan fall down. He didn't even say anything. He just said, the Lord judge you. In other words, the Lord's the one that's going to, he's the one that's over you. I'm not over you. And that simple heart posture can create such freedom and liberty from judgment, bitterness, offense. Um, it's, it's like it becomes a protection. You know, that humility will actually be create a, a boundary in your heart and in my heart that allows us to go through life with a freedom, a lightness, a joy, an expectation, a love, a compassion that we wouldn't have if we were bearing the weight or the responsibility of judging other people or being their Lord. You know, kind of see what I'm saying. Hopefully that all uh, went together here. But again, it all stems with how do you honor your father and mother? Are you going to try to justify it from, oh, well, you know, I'm doing it for God, so I don't have to do it for them. Am I going to use God as a scapegoat? Am I going to use other people? Am I going to use my job? Am I going to use whatever? Or am I going to actually honor the authority that's in my life and allow that flow where God then can elevate the humble because, again, he's the judge overall, and he's a righteous judge. He's fair. He's not missing any anything. He's not missing one word, one thought. He knows it all, and he is fair in all of his ways. So I can trust him. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to enjoy this life every single day and love the people that I have in authority over my life, love the people that I'm over because that's another dynamic. And, uh, yeah, just keep loving people. Follow the Lord. Follow the way of Christ. Keep your heart tender. That's all there is to it. It's pretty simple. It's pretty fun. And uh, yeah, I think that's about everything I got for today's conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, anything that I said, always take stuff that I say back to the Word of God. Search the Scriptures. You know, look for the heart of God. Read all the red letters. Read the epistles to the churches. Um, Read the book of Revelation, which is a revelation of Christ. Allow all of these truths to land in your heart, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you so that you have accurate discernment, even on the things that I say, because not everything I say is perfect. All that I say is just as subject to the truth, to Christ, and to word, and to the word, excuse me, just as much as anybody else. So I encourage you, take what I said. If there's anything, chew the hay, take the good stuff, spit out the sticks. We're all growing. We're all walking in this, this life following after Christ. And uh, it's just an honor to be able to speak to you and just share a little bit of things that you know, God's sharing with me and that I'm perceiving and learning and growing in. And so anyway, I just appreciate it all. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. If this blessed you, share it with somebody else. Um, It's how this podcast grows. And again, I'll see you guys next time. And thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you later. 